0: Good morning and welcome to the Redeemer's Refuge radio broadcast brought to you by Redeemer Lutheran Church, One Deerwalk Lane in Charleston, a member congregation of the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Redeemer Lutheran Church, help, hope, and home in the body of Christ. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto each of you from God our Father and our Lord and King, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Let us pray. Eternal God, giver of love and power, whose Son Jesus Christ has sent us into all the world to preach the gospel of his kingdom, so confirm us in this mission that our lives may show forth the good news which we proclaim through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our reading for this 7th Sunday in Easter is from 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 6-11. through 11. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on Him, because He cares for you. Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him. These are words of caution for anyone signing a contract. Many a person has been surprised by a contract when he learned that something was written in the fine print. Some very popular preachers today on every continent attract folks by assuring people that followers of Jesus will be blessed with good health, wealth, and security if only they believe. It is then a blow to their listeners' faith and confidence in Jesus when they experience suffering and trials. Upon closer examination of Scripture with faithful pastors or friends, they realize that Jesus never promised such a thing. In fact, as we shall see, Jesus said something much different. The reality is that Christians will suffer for the name of Jesus. But in the midst of suffering and trials, the reality of Easter prepares you for the reality of discipleship. From the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, as he called the first apostles, he spoke in very blunt terms about what would happen to them because they followed him. They would be reviled, persecuted, and evil things would be said about them because they followed him. Jesus told them to rejoice and be glad when those things would happen because their reward would be great in heaven. At other times he told the disciples that they would be handed over to authorities to be beaten and punished. They would be hated by the world. Jesus also spoke of another kind of severe suffering for those who follow him. Shortly after Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper with his disciples, Jesus spoke to Peter, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. Jesus never hid the reality of suffering for his namesake from his disciples. In fact, he was quite graphic in describing the details. But Jesus prepared his apostles for those times of suffering with encouragement and hope. As Jesus was in the upper room with his disciples on the night when he was betrayed, he told them, I have said these things to you to keep you from falling away. Now listen closely to what follows immediately. But I have said these things to you, that when their hour comes, that is, persecutions, you may remember that I told them to you. Then, right after Jesus told the disciples these things, he told them that the time had come when they would scatter out of fear, leaving him all alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in me, You may have peace. Additionally, Jesus assured the disciples that he would continue to pray for them. This kind of straight talk about their suffering, along with Jesus' word of encouragement and comfort, would become particularly important to the apostles as they would continue the teaching of Jesus through their apostolic office. At the time, they did not have a clue about what kind of suffering they would need to endure, even though they had heard the words the Holy Spirit would bring these words of Jesus to their remembrance after Jesus was raised from the dead and the days following. In time, the apostles lived the reality of suffering for the name of Jesus. Beloved, you know this reality too. There's the claustrophobia and loneliness of quarantine, the struggles to make ends meet, the ridicule and mockery from a world out of tune with God's Spirit the second thoughts and doubts that can sometimes creep in, the self-imposed and impossible expectations we have of ourselves and others, the illnesses we all encounter, the death of our loved ones. The apostles continued this kind of forthright talk about suffering for Jesus' sake as part of their catechetical instruction to the church, especially as it began to grow and was increasingly dispersed. The opening of Peter's pastoral letter indicates it is written to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. Peter's letter to Jewish and Gentile converts in Asia Minor was to provide pastoral instruction about the Christian life in Jesus, including the reality of suffering. Just as Jesus told the apostles that he wanted them to know suffering was in store for them, so they would not fall away. Peter echoes this reality in a pastoral way. Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. Now today we might say forewarned is forearmed. When you are harassed for following Jesus, when you are reviled, insulted, shunned, shut out, ridiculed, arrested, imprisoned, put to death, sifted as wheat, By Satan, through severe trials, do not be alarmed. There is no need to ask God why this is happening to you. There is no reason to be ashamed. This kind of suffering, as a Christian, is an uncomfortable, hot, fiery trial to test you. So Peter writes. When metals and ore are heated in the testing pot, it can be determined what their makeup is. Spiritual trials test us, revealing our makeup these fiery trials were often experienced by people of faith in the old testament for example god said to israel through the prophet isaiah i have refined you i have tried you in the furnace of affliction fiery trials show us how weak and helpless we are they reveal how utterly dependent we are on god's grace and mercy and how much we need the prayers of jesus so that we may bear them when we are in the midst of these trials We are often driven more deeply into God's word and prayer. We yearn more for words of comfort and hope as we hear God's word and receive the body and blood of Jesus. It is only then that we can rejoice in our sufferings. It is then, as we hear the voice of God speak to us, just as clearly as Jesus spoke to the apostles, that we are reminded we are not alone through these trials. And that gives us a whole new perspective. We can confess with assurance and joy. The spirit of glory in God rests upon me. I am blessed when I am insulted, for I share Christ's sufferings. He has counted me worthy to suffer for his name. So we need not despair in our suffering as though God were punishing us. It is quite the opposite. Rather, as Peter urges, we entrust our soul to the faithful creator, so we can go about doing the good that he has called us to do. We can let go of worrying about suffering and cast all our anxieties on Jesus because he cares for us. The life of a Christian is secure in Jesus. However, Peter urges us, we must be watchful because we have an enemy who seeks to rob us of our Easter joy and our faithfulness to Christ. Peter reminds us to remain vigilant. This is no game of make-believe. Satan is real. Be watchful. Dr. Martin Luther noted that the world is the realm of the devil, and we would be wise to regard our life as if we were staying in a hotel where every other guest was a robber. We would do whatever we could to protect ourselves and likely not get much sleep. In other words, we would be on our constant guard. Now make no mistake, Satan is our adversary prowling around like a lion. Now, if you've watched TV programs of nature where lions are in the wild, or even observed a yard cat, you know that when they see their prey, they see long before the prey is aware. The lion studies the movements and stealthily creeps along the tall grass until the prey is not paying attention. Then it springs forth and sinks its teeth and claws into its prey, putting the death grip of its jaws around the throat, and more. Not only be watchful, but actively resist Satan when he tempts you. Peter says, remaining firm in your faith, hold on to the word of God in your heart and use it as Jesus did during his temptations from Satan. Do not give up or let go of the word for anything. And know, beloved, that you are not alone. Not only does the spirit of God rest upon you and go with you through these fiery trials, but countless Christians join you as well. The same type of suffering is experienced by your sisters and brothers in the faith throughout the world. Yes, you truly can, as Peter writes, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. Satan is not in charge. The world, who serves as Satan's puppet, is not in charge. It may appear that way, as he and the world inflict all sorts of warfare on Christians, but Jesus demonstrated that he is Lord of Lords. Scripture tells us that Jesus descended into hell to announce his resurrection victory to all right under the nose of Satan. Satan used worthless people to lie about Jesus and falsely accuse him, resulting in his crucifixion. But the reality is that no one took Jesus' life. He laid down his life willingly to be the perfect sacrifice for sin. What Satan intended for destruction, Jesus used for our salvation. When Jesus breathed his last, our sin fully atoned, Satan thought Jesus would be buried and forgotten as some misfit, but the Lord of life would not be contained. Having destroyed the curse of sin, Jesus burst forth from the tomb, swallowing up death and giving in its place everlasting life. He lives. He lives. Therefore, Peter says, after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Beloved, there is no fine print to be concerned about in your discipleship of Jesus. No gimmicks. It is a reality that you will suffer trials for the name of Jesus, but they will not last forever. At the right time, Jesus, the mighty hand of God, will exalt you. He will restore you, confirm you, strengthen you, and establish you. Your suffering will be over, and you will be with him in the everlasting paradise that he has prepared for you, rejoicing with gladness as his glory is revealed. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Let us pray. Risen, ascended Lord. As we rejoice at your triumph, fill your church on earth with power and compassion, that all who are estranged by sin may find forgiveness and know your peace. To the glory of God the Father. Amen. Thank you for giving us a brief moment of your day. We invite you to come and receive the Lord's blessing through word and sacrament as we gather on Sunday mornings at 1045 for our worship service. We're located at 1 Deerwalk Lane, just off the Paula Road exit on Corridor G. You can find us on the web at RedeemerWV.org and on Facebook at Redeemer Lutheran Church WV. Thank you and may God bless your day.